será The reason we gather is because that great work our Lord Jesus accomplished on the cross some many years ago, 2,000 some years ago, that great work was an eternal work that is still potent in our lives today. Hallelujah. And that is the reason we gather. That is the reason for our fellowship. That is the reason we sing and we band together. That is the reason for everything that we do. It is because that work was so potent and eternal. It was an eternal work. Hallelujah. And it is so potent today in our lives. Amen and amen. Mando sinamako shatara mamande sature mande boshateli bikapelu atatande kai. Legunde mitalimianda kai. Jesus Christ is a door that opens onto a new spiritual experience in God. Hallelujah. In Christ Jesus, God and man are brought together as one again. Christ is the place of fellowship between God and man. Hallelujah. And it, all, it was all made possible by the complete work of Christ. That is his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Amen and amen. So the Bible says that by his shed blood, he has made a new and living way for us into the holiest of all. That is the very presence of the Father. To do what? To have fellowship with him. So Christ Jesus is the fellowship of the believer with God. Amen and amen. The Bible says that he, in him the Godhead dwells bodily, and we are also in him. Amen and amen. So God is in him, we are in him. We have fellowship with God. Hallelujah. This is the beautiful thing. This is the great blessing as believers we have. We are one with the Father. We have unbroken communion and fellowship with the Father. Hallelujah. He speaks to us and he hears our hearts. Amen and amen. Mandila bakasende kasunde marara logosha atabai. Legalebatisa. That the Bible warns of men who have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. Uh, we don't have a form of godliness. Hallelujah. We don't have a form of godliness because we are godly in Christ. We have true godliness in Christ. The Bible says they put on the new man which after Christ is created in righteousness and true holiness. Hallelujah. The new man in Christ, the new creation in Christ, is created after righteousness and true holiness. The new man is holy and righteous. Hallelujah. Which we are. Amen and amen. And because of that, we don't deny the power thereof. Hallelujah. What is the power of our godliness? It is the transformation power of the Holy Ghost in conforming us into Christ's likeness. Hallelujah. The power of God is not in multiplying money. Hear me. If anybody comes to you that bring this and I'll multiply it, God's power will come upon it and multiply it for you. It's a lie. God's power is not for multiplying. The true manifestation of God's power is in the transformation of a man's life into Christ-likeness. Every other thing the devil can also parody 
You hear me? Moses laid down the staff. God told him, you lay down your staff and it will turn into a snake. It was meant to be a sign to convince the heart of Pharaoh to let the children of Israel go. But Janus and Zambras, the magicians of Egypt, also laid down their rod and it turned into a snake. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. So you see, the enemy can also display power. But one thing the enemy can do is conform you to Christ's likeness. That he can do. That takes the power of God. Hallelujah. That power is vested in his word. That's why when we gather, we fellowship in the word of truth. We teach the word of God. Amen and amen. Somebody say with me, my mind is alert to God's word. Talk to me, say generation. Talk to me, say me. My mind is alert to God's word. My mind is alert to God's word. Show me, my spirit receives the impartation of truth. My spirit receives the impartation of truth. So me, I receive the impartation of God's light. I receive the impartation of God's light. And I walk in this light. And I walk in this light. So with me, by this light, by this light, every activity and influence of darkness, every activity and influence of darkness in my life and around me is broken. In my life and around me is broken. So with me, every activity of darkness in my life and around me, every activity in my life and around me. Is broken by reason of this light. Is broken by reason of this light. In the name of Jesus. In the name of, the Jesus. Name of Jesus. Tell me, I walk in the light. I walk in the light. Even as he is in the light. Even as he is in the light. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes. Yes. You walk in the light. Amen. You walk in the light. You see. One of the beautiful things, as we've gone through three days of fasting, and God bless, God bless you all, even as we engaged in this spiritual activity. You see, our walk of faith is a spiritual walk. Our faith is not a theory we've subscribed to. Amen and amen. That's what Paul says, when I came to you, I came to you not with words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit, in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. So that your faith will not rest in the wisdom of men. Our faith is not a theory. It is a manifestation of God's power and God's wisdom. Christ on the cross is a vivid, eternal manifestation of God's wisdom and God's power. Amen and amen. What was that manifestation? The world was crying for one thing. Salvation from death and its influences. Listen. The Bible says that through one man, that is the first Adam that was created to be a living soul, sin entered into the world and death by sin. How did Adam sin? I said to you the other time, Adam did not eat an apple, a physical apple as we think of it. Hallelujah. When God said to him that of this tree you shall not eat, what was he talking about? The Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue. And he that loves it shall eat the fruit thereof. So those things there were figures and symbols and metaphors to represent something greater. There were two trees that were mentioned in the Bible, the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Hallelujah. Death and life, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil leads to death. 
the tree of life, who is Christ, leads to life. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. That means that what you confess will either bring you into life or will take you into death. When you confess faith in Christ, you receive life. When you confess unbelief in Christ, you enter into death. And that is what happened to Adam in the garden. It was something that came out of him. The Bible says that if a man is tempted, let him not say, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted, neither tempts he any man. But a man is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires. And when desires have conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is fully grown and matured, it gives birth to death. That means that sin is a product of man's desires. When he's drawn away by his desires. So Adam and Eve in the garden were drawn away by their desires. And so that desire conceived sin. What sin was that? Unbelief. And that unbelief gave birth to death. And so through Adam, death entered into the world. And not only death, but death with its devastating influences and effects. Some of the agents of death are sicknesses. Hallelujah. That is how come sickness entered into the world. All the agents of death, they lead to death. That is why when you get sick and you do nothing about it, what will happen? You will die. Hallelujah. But the Bible says that death reigned from Adam to Moses. That means that death had total dominion and power over man from Adam to Moses. Why not Adam to Christ Jesus? Because we knew that it was Christ who broke the power of death. But the Bible says that death reigned from Adam to Moses. Why unto Moses? Because when Moses came, God gave him a covenant which released the law unto them by which they could overcome death. Because God said to them, the law is your life. That means if you are able to live by the law totally, you would receive what? Life. And by that life, reign over death. So the law became the channel out of death. But listen, there was something with the law. The law is also the strength of sin. So the law that was intended to give them life rather brought them death in the sense that the law strengthened sin, which is the sting of death. Hallelujah. Palemositas. The Bible says that, oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, grave, where is your, where is your power? He says the sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. So God gave the law. The Lord that was supposed to open the door for them out of death into life, the law itself was the strength of sin. Hallelujah. Because man under death was not capable of keeping the entire law. The law is righteous and perfect, but man was not. So was not able to. Therefore, the law rather revived sin in man and sold him under death even more. So even though there was a way out. No man could. Hallelujah. Until Jesus came. Amen and amen. So the Bible says that thanks be unto God who gives us the victory. Victory over what? Death through Christ Jesus. So Jesus said to Mary, he says that he that believes in me, 
though he were dead, that is dead in trespasses and sins, shall live, that is receive eternal life, and so live above death. And it says, he that lives and believes in me shall never die. That is, you no longer experience death and its devastating effects anymore. Hallelujah. The greatest enemy of God is death, not Satan. And the Bible says when he came, he took the keys of death and the grave from Satan. Hallelujah. And the Bible says he destroyed him who had the power of death. Hallelujah. Satan was operating the power of death. Even though he did not know the extent of that power, he was still operating it. And Jesus came to this arm him and all them principalities, hallelujah, and made an open shore of them, triumphing over them in it. Amen and amen. And through death, he destroyed him who had the power of death. Hallelujah. That means that death which separates man from God, death which ends the fellowship of man and God, was done away with. So now we have life in Christ. What is this life? Jesus said, and this is eternal life. John 17 verse 3. That they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus whom you have sent. What is this knowing? It is fellowship, communion, koinonia, participation with God. That means that God and I are one again. When you receive eternal life, you and God are one again. There is no barrier between you and God again. You have unhindered, unbroken fellowship with the Father. The thing that separates you from the Father is death. Jesus dealt with death. So you and God are one again. Death can no longer stop this relationship. Because listen, Human life is subject to death, but the life that you have received in Christ Jesus is beyond the grave. When Jesus rose from the grave, he rose a new man. We call this resurrection life. It is a life beyond death. That means that death can't stop this kind of life. Death could stop the life of the first Adam, who was made a living soul. But the Bible says that the last Adam is made a life giving spirit. That is the kind of life you have received. It is called resurrection life, eternal life, spirit life. This is the life we have received in Christ. Death cannot break. Death cannot stop. Death cannot undo the work of this life in us. We are victorious over death. Hallelujah. Amen. Death is the last enemy to be vanquished. Hallelujah. We are victorious over death. That is why you see, when we lay down this physical body of ours, we don't say we have died. We have merely fallen asleep. But those who do not know Christ, when they die, they have perished. They have indeed died. That means that they are lost eternally. But for us to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Why? Because we are always in His presence. <laughs> And this work Christ accomplished for us is a complete, total work. It is an eternal work. Hallelujah. It is an eternal work. Man, do me a kete mezusia. You need to understand this because when you understand this, you understand the scope of your authority in Christ Jesus and how to use your authority and even why God has given you that authority in the first place. You know, there are many believers who don't understand the why of what they have in Christ. 
It's not just enough to be singing about what you have in Christ and to be jumping about what you have in Christ. You must know why those things were given to you in the first place. You see, we have the understanding of the how. We know that it was through the work of Christ. The Bible says that ought not Christ to have suffered these things and enter into his glory. The Bible says that and in bringing many sons into glory, hallelujah, them that he called is justified, them that he justified he glorified. We know that we have been glorified with Christ. We have been raised to sit together with him in heavenly places, far above all principalities and powers. We know that we are joint heirs with Christ. We know that he has made us meet to be partakers of his inheritance of the saints in light. Hallelujah. We know all these things. We know how it came about. We know that it came through the sufferings of Christ. Hallelujah. And his triumph over death. But why have we received why have we received authority in Christ? Why did Jesus say, Behold, I give unto you power to trample over scorpions and over snakes? Why did he say that? Why have we received authority? Amen and amen. It's important to understand that. That way you can function well as a believer. Hallelujah. Why? Why are you a joint heir with Christ? I'm not saying how. We know the how. Why are you a joint heir with Christ? Is it just so you can think about it and get happy? Did you receive authority so that you can conquer and become the CEO of all big businesses in the world? No. Understand it. If not, you would abuse what you have in Christ. Amen and amen. We will touch on that teaching another time. But tonight, what I want to, I want to share with you is some, some realities concerning where we are and, and, and concerning the work of Christ for us. You see, the reason we keep preaching this is because that is the message of the church. There is no other message. I keep repeating this to you. There is no other message. The message of Christ and his work is the complete message of the church. There is no other message. Hallelujah. Somebody say there is no other message. There is no other message. Oh, talk to me, faith generation, like you believe it. Say with me, there is no other message. There is no other message. Hallelujah. The message of the sufferings of Christ and the glories that are followed, that is our message. Amen and amen. amen. Which we ought to preach always, always. We must never grow weary in preaching that message. Hallelujah. There's something beautiful in the book of Ephesians, chapter number one, that I want us to look at. I've told you several times, wash your face with Ephesians always when you wake up in the morning. It will make you current. Amen and amen. You know, sometimes you wake up and there are certain things here. You wash your face so you can see better. You, you, you come alive after you wash your face. When you read Ephesians, you come alive. Amen and amen. Tell me your Bibles to the book of Ephesians. Hallelujah. There's something beautiful here. You see the heart of God towards you. It's amazing. It's amazing. Most people have not really understood the work of Christ. They've not understood the work of Christ. Hallelujah. There are certain messages when you hear, you know that no, even this pastor, he doesn't understand the work of Christ. Hallelujah. He's not done a very good study into the work of Christ very well. Amen and amen. He's just preaching man's philosophy, even though it may be moving. Speaking man's philosophy. Hallelujah. But we pray that, that's why we pray every day for ministers of the gospel everywhere. That they will come to a revelation and preach the truth. Amen and amen. How we need the truth. Look at Ephesians. Ephesians chapter number one, if you so please. Ephesians chapter number one. The Bible says that Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus. 
and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace be to you. Hallelujah. And peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The word places is not there. It's actually who has blessed us in the heavenlies in Christ. What he's trying to say is that he has blessed us in Christ. But because Christ is seated in heaven, he added heavenly places. Hallelujah. Because that's where you are seated. He's not saying lift up your eyes and look into the skies. He's saying look into Christ. Hallelujah. That's what he means. Heavenly places were in Christ. Your blessing is in Christ. Hallelujah. Abide in Christ. Amen and amen. Now look at this. Look at this. According as he had chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Holy and without blame before him in love. According as he had chosen us in Christ before the foundation of the world, to be holy and without blame. That means even before God said anything, before God created anything, God had chosen us in Christ. In his foreknowledge, he had chosen us in Christ. That is why I contend always that in the beginning when God said, let us make man, he was declaring his intent, his intent for man to be in Christ. Let us make man in our image. God was declaring his intent. And the Bible says that male and female made he them, and he blessed them. Then in verse 2, he now comes to tell you that, and the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground. What is he trying to say? The first one was a spiritual reality. The second one was a natural creation. Hallelujah. The spiritual reality was man in Christ. The making of man and the creation of man are two different things. The making of man was the making of man in Christ, which God had done even before the foundation of the world. That is why when you are born again, the Bible says that we are recreated in Christ Jesus unto good works. You are made into the image of Christ in Christ. Hallelujah when you are born again. And he blessed them. And he said, be fruitful and multiply. The Bible says, according as he has blessed us in the heavenlies with all spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Does it sound like Genesis? Amen and amen. Do you see it? The first blessing, let's explain what that blessing is. He says, first one is he had chosen us in, according as he has blessed us in the heavenlies, in the heavenly places in Christ with all spiritual blessing. And he explains what that blessing is. According as he had chosen us in him. He had chosen us in him. Hallelujah. We were chosen in Christ. We were chosen in Christ. You know, sometimes you hear some message. Many are called, but few are chosen. I know you are called to be a Christian, but are you chosen? On that day. <laughs> and you'll be there. All of a sudden, by that message, your whole, the whole assurance of your salvation is thrown into doubt. You wonder, hey, I know I'm called, but I'm not chosen of God. Listen, the Bible says he chose you even before the foundation of somebody say I'm chosen. Oh, Hallelujah. Somebody say I'm chosen in Christ. That's why he calls you a chosen generation. Do you understand what that means? Generation means, listen, it's, it's gene. Like, 
a, a particular breed of people from a particular stock. He has chosen those people. Who are these people? The Bible says that a seed shall serve the Lord, and it shall be counted unto him for a generation. What seed is that? The seed of Christ. We are the seed of Christ. Hallelujah. And we are counted as a generation. So the generation of Christ, the generation of men who live by faith in Christ, they are the ones who are chosen. We are the chosen generation. The people whom God has chosen, we are the people in Christ. Hallelujah. Christ's people, Christ's generation, the faith generation. That's what the Bible says that they that of our faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Amen and amen. We are the spirit. Listen, listen, listen. When God chose the children of Israel, okay, who were the seed of Abraham, the seed of the real seed of Abraham is not the natural seed of Abraham. Like the Jews were claiming, we have Abraham as our father. And Jesus said to them, you, Abraham is not your father. You, you are of your father, the devil. That's what Jesus said. And his works, he, he said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. If you were of Abraham, you would have believed in me. Because Abraham rejoiced to see my day. But you are of your father, the devil. And his works, ye do. That's what Jesus said to the Jews. I thought they were the natural seed of Abraham. God said to them, Jesus said to them, you are not of Abraham. Because all those who are of the seed of Abraham are those who are of the faith of Abraham. That is believing God and receiving his eternal life he has given us in Christ. Hallelujah. The Bible says, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. Amen and amen. That's what the Bible says. He is not a Jew. He is one outwardly. You understand? So we are not talking about natural seed. We are chosen. We are chosen. Whether Jew or Gentile, as long as a man is in Christ, he is chosen. We are chosen in him. God has chosen that anyone who will be in Christ is chosen. Hallelujah. Madola Basites. We are chosen. I'm chosen of God. Just think about it. I'm chosen of God. I'm chosen of God. I'm chosen of God. Hallelujah. Why did he choose us? That we should be holy and without blame, without blame, amomos in the Greek. Amomos, that is without blemish. Remember the Bible says that he's coming for a church without spot or wrinkle, without blemish, without spot. <laughs> Hallelujah. He chose us to be holy and blameless, without blame, before him in love, before your mind begins to think you are the one to make yourself holy, and you are the one to make sure you are without blame. Turn with me your Bibles to the book of Jude. Let me show you something beautiful there. Jude is just one chapter. Look at the very last verse, 25. Actually, let's read from 24. Jude chapter 1, 24. Jude is just one chapter. Look at verse 24. The Bible says, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before his presence, before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling. Who is he talking about? God, your Father. The one who is your father in Christ. He is able to keep you from falling. Hallelujah. Tell me my feet are firmly planted in Christ. My feet are firmly planted in Christ. Hallelujah. You are firmly planted. He is able to keep you from falling. Your father is able to keep you from falling. And present you 
faultless with amomos. That is without blame, unblemished, without spot, before the presence of his glory, with exceeding joy. You are not going before the Father in fear. You are going with exceeding joy, and he will make yes. sure of that. Hallelujah. Yes. He is the one doing the work. That is why the Bible says that work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do. He's the one doing the work. He's the one doing the work. He's the one doing the work. Hallelujah. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who worked in you. You know why he had it with fear and trembling? He's not telling you to be afraid because God's work is never in fear. With fear and trembling, it's almost like, you know, a man who can't walk, he's crippled. And you pray for him to be healed. And he's trying to take his first steps after he's healed. You know, he, he's not sure whether he can walk. You know, he's getting out of the wheelchair, but he's trembling. Then he's trembling, gradually trembling. He's afraid, but he's healed. Then he, 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 but he steps out of faith and does it anyways because he knows he's healed. But, he, you know, there's a fear and trembling there. Hey, am I, am I, you know, then he steps out and he's walking and he's walking and gradually walk. That's what, that's what he means. God is working a great work in you. Hallelujah. Amen. Bring it out in faith. Amen and amen. God is working in you. He's presenting you without blame. He's presenting you faultless before the presence of his own glory. Listen, God has ensured this thing called salvation that we have. That's why the Bible says that what shall we do if we neglect a so great salvation? What will you do? What will you do? Hallelujah. Amen and amen. So it is God doing the work. It's God. I told you, the table of grace, you, you, you contribute nothing. And this is a truth that this generation needs to learn. The table of grace, you contribute. You come with a hungry stomach and just feed. Amen and amen. Are you hungry enough? Are you hungry enough? The Bible says that blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Are you hungry enough? Are you thirsty enough? Hallelujah. You will be filled. You will be filed. You will be filled. Oh, Badula Basite Bosa Antaba Yegalaba Jose. Amen and amen. Let's go back. Let's go back to the Ephesian scripture we're reading. Ephesians chapter number. We're looking at the blessings in Christ. Hallelujah. Number one blessing we are chosen in him, that we may be blameless and without fault. And we said that it is God who is doing this work. Hallelujah. He's able to keep me from falling. Sometimes there are some believers who are afraid that they will fall away. The Bible says that we are not of them that fall back unto perdition, but we are of them that continue to believe unto the saving of the soul. Hallelujah. Yes. Fifteen years from now, you will still be in the faith. When Christ Jesus comes, you will still be standing. Hallelujah. The Bible says that who art thou that judges another man's servant? Before his master he stands or fall. Yea, his master is able to uphold him so that he will not fall. Jesus is upholding you. Hallelujah. I said Jesus is upholding you by his righteous right hand. Amen and amen. Yes. So let men keep judging you. Jesus is upholding you. Hallelujah. And he's presenting you without blame before the presence of his own glory. Amen and amen. Now look at this, look at this, look at this. 
having predestinated us unto adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Look at that. Look at the next blessing. Having predestinated us. This is our predestination. This is our predestination. What is your destiny as a believer? What is your destiny as a believer? You have been predestined by God for something. What is that? The Bible says, it's a blessing. Your predestination in Christ is a blessing. Look at this. It says, unto adoption by Christ Jesus to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. That means this blessing was accomplished by the good pleasure of God's will. That means the coming to pass of this will of God in your predestination brought in great pleasure. Hallelujah. What is adoption? I was explaining the other day during morning prayer. This adoption here is not we are orphans and Jesus adopted us because we couldn't take care of ourselves. Our parents have died and we can't take care of ourselves. That's not what he's talking about. Adoption here means placement. You know, when sin has sons, they take them to training. And then at the appointed time, the king adopts them. That is, he takes them and places them as a rightful heir to the throne. That's why if his own biological sons are not ready, sometimes the king can adopt, that is, place somebody else who is qualified as the rightful heir to the throne. Hallelujah. That's what he's talking about. That's why the Bible says you are joint heirs with Christ because you have been adopted. That is, you've been placed as heirs. Of Christ, Hallelujah, Madalaba Suta. We are heirs of God with Christ. Amen and amen. This is a great blessing. We see, we've received adoption unto sonship. Adoption unto sonship. We call it in the Greek. He will say here. He will say here. Adoption unto sonship. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Jesus, according to the good pleasure of His. And listen, your sonship is just us. His son, the first begotten from the dead. Remember when Jesus came in the incarnation, he was the only begotten of the father. But when he died and rose, he was the first begotten from the dead. The resurrected Christ is different from the incarnated Christ. The believer is not after the incarnated Christ. He is after the resurrected Christ. Hallelujah. Mando sapias. So the believer walks in the power of the resurrected Christ, in the glory of the resurrected Christ, in the wisdom of the resurrected Christ. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. He walks in the identity of the resurrected Christ. Amen and amen. That is who we are. We are as much sons as he is. That's what the Bible says. Now are we the sons of God. God. Now are we the sons of God and it do not appear what we shall be like, but when it shall appear we shall be like him. That means when Jesus appears in his glory, we shall be like him. There will be no difference between me and Christ Jesus. We are the same. Listen, when Jesus, you know why he's called the first begotten from the dead? Because he's the prototokus of the believer. That is the prototype. I've said this before. When any manufacturing company is coming out with a product, for example, Apple, Microsoft, they are coming out with a product. Maybe Galaxy Note, Note 10 is about to come out or Note 11 or whatever it is. They have a program 
and they will, they will show it, the release date. They will give the release date and they will have a program before then to show the Galaxy Note 10 all the things it can do. Apple does well with that. Back in those days, Steve Jobs would come on the stage and show the Apple. Everything that particular iPhone XX or iPhone XWC would be able to do. All the features of that iPhone will be able to do to convince people to buy. So on that day of the release date, you see a lot of people queuing up to go and buy iPhone that they showed, that new iPhone that they showed. The one they showed is the prototype. Everything that prototype does, the ones that will be sold on the release, they can do the same thing. It looks the same way. If you go to the store and you find that, hey, Steve Jobs advertised that the phone can do this, but the one I bought in the store cannot do that, you can sue the company. Is that not so? Hallelujah. That means that the mass production can do the same thing the prototype does, brethren. Jesus Christ, the resurrected Christ, is our prototype. Everything he is, we are. Everything he can do, we can do. Hallelujah. This is too big for religious Christianity. Amen and amen. That is why we are not beggars. We are not beggarly. We are not feeble. Amen and amen. Whatever Christ can do, we are members of his bones, of his flesh. We are one with him, inseparable. That's why when Paul was persecuting the church and Jesus appeared to him on the way to Damascus, Jesus said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He did not say, why are you persecuting my church? If you touch the church, you are touching Christ. Because the church is the body of Christ. Can I say to you, brethren, anybody that plays with you is playing with Christ. Hallelujah. And some people have played with you for far too long. Christ is about to give them a warning. Hallelujah. As he is, so are you in this world. Whatever he can do, you can do. Amen and amen. If he heal the sick, he can heal the sick. If he cast out devils, he can cast out devils. Hallelujah. If he preached and he taught, you can preach and you can teach. Amen. Somebody say with me, I can cast out devils. I can cast Talk to out. me, faith generation. Say with me, I can cast out devils. I can cast out devils. Somebody talk to me. Say with me, I can heal the sick. I can heal the sick. Somebody say with me, I can teach the gospel. I can teach the gospel. Somebody say with me, I can preach the gospel. I can preach the gospel. Everything that Jesus is, you are. Everything that he can do, you can do. Hallelujah. Mando libre. That's what the Bible says. Out of Zion, saviors shall come forth. The savior to come out of Zion was Jesus. And we, after his likeness, are saviors. How? Because how beautiful are the feet of them that bring good news. We carry the good news of Christ's saving power all over the world. So we are also what? Saviors out of Zion. As we send out the word, as we go out to preach the gospel, we are saviors to our world. Hallelujah. Because they are saved through the gospel. The Bible says, the Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Brethren, we carry the power unto salvation. Until we proclaim it, men will not be saved. Until we declare it, men will not be saved. Until we preach it and teach it, men will not be saved. Hallelujah. Everything that Jesus is, we are. 
That's what we call heuothasia. Placement assigned. And the Bible says that he did this according to the good pleasure of his will. Amen and amen. God finds pleasure in you being his son. He's so excited. It thrills his heart every day that you are his son. God is not disappointed in you. No, he's not. <laughs> he's thrilled, excited. He rejoices every day in the fact that you are his son. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. That is your prayer. Look at this. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. The next blessing is that you are accepted in the beloved. Hallelujah. Listen, the most coveted price of religion is acceptance. The reason the Muslims pray five times a day is because they are seeking acceptance from God. The reason people go on pilgrimages of all sorts is because they are seeking us. The reason people hide in caves because they don't want to interact with humans. They interact with people. They, they will become unholy. It's because they are seeking acceptance from God. The most coveted price of religion is God's favor. Men are seeking God's favor. Even in the church now, especially in charismatic circles, they sell God's favor to us. Sow a seed and God's favor will be released upon you. They are selling God's favor to us. Hallelujah. But the Bible says, you are accepted in the beloved to the praise of the glory of his grace. What is the manifestation of the glory of God's grace? It is that you are accepted in the beloved. You are found favor in the eyes of God. The Bible says, and Noah found favor, grace in the eyes of God. Dearly beloved in Christ, you are found favor in the eyes of God. The favor of God is upon you. He has accepted you. He has qualified you. He has made you meet to be partaker of the inheritance of the saints in light. Hallelujah. Don't sow a seed for favor. Hear me. As your pastor, I'm talking to you. Here in faith generation. I said, don't do what? Don't sow a seed for favor, for God's favor. You live in his favor 24-7. He has accepted you concerning that matter you have been praying about. He has accepted you. He has heard you. Oh God, please favor me. Hey, then what was the work of Christ? I don't care what anybody says. Listen to me. Don't let anybody make a merchandise of you. Hallelujah. God will be in heaven above and be wondering, what is my son doing? Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Amen. Somebody say, ah, but Pastor Sam, Jacob prepared a meal and brought it to Isaac and Isaac blessed him. Isaac favored him. You must bring something to God before. The thing you must bring to God, God is Christ. Christ has been offered, and because of that, God has blessed you. Hallelujah in Christ. Amen and amen. Agreed? Do we agree? Faith generation, talk to me. Do you agree? Yes. <laughs> Your sacrifice for God's favor is Christ Jesus. As I tell people, Christ is enough. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Look at this. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin according to the rich of his grace. This is too much. Time is far spent. We'll wrap up here. Maybe we'll continue at other time. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of it. This is all part of the blessings in heavenly place. We explain what those blessings are. The, the Bible is very particular and specific. It doesn't give room for you to be concocting and making conjectures 
adding and subtracting. No. It tells you exactly what it is trying to say. Amen and amen. We are exploring the blessings in Christ in heavenly places. In whom we have redemption. The forgiveness of sins. According to the riches of his grace. The Bible says, and God who is rich in mercy. When you were dead in trespasses and sins. Has quickened you together with him. Hallelujah. What a blessing. What a blessing. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Lift up your voice even tonight and begin to bless God. Begin to bless God. Keep us. You are highly lifted. 